Hi, Chris. Um, how are you doing? Hi, Nina. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, yeah. Third podcast Still in here. lockdown. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Third, oh, I guess. Say that again. Was it, is it our third podcast in lockdown? Yeah, yeah. We're on a hat-trick. Yeah. Um, podcast number 11. Yeah. Which is which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we keep going at this rate, we we could potentially hit twenty before the time we're done. Oh well, we just cool. hit twenty. Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think that's 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 the aim. Yeah, exactly. How was um, your Easter in lockdown? Yeah, yeah. It was it was fine. Um, I. So I was supposed to go to Greece because um, my partner is Greek and Greek East is a big thing. So I would have been, had it not been for coronavirus, I would have been in Greece right now, which is obviously sad. But there's, it's, I, I'm not dwelling on it too much because a lot of other stuff is happening for other people that's much worse. Um, but I did go to the Greek bakery um, up near where I live in Seven Dials um, and got myself a spinach and feta pie and a coffee. So... I had, yeah, a sad version of Greek Easter, um, but it was nice, um, it's got my parents, um, yeah, yeah, it was cool, how about yours? Yeah, that sounds yeah. good, at least you had something um, Greek-ish when you were <laughs> staying in the UK. Um, yeah, it was nice, like Easter isn't like a huge thing for me, um, because I'm not religious, and then... Is that because you hate God? No, that's not the reason, no, um, because, yeah, Finland isn't like religious in like a like a super kind of like practicing way yeah um, more, more like pagan no no lots of people are like religious but it's not like we don't practice in like a big way or like most finnish people like don't really go to church or like stuff like that um so but like in my family we would always just have like a nicer meal for easter and have some like easter eggs and everything my mom did used to um like hide the easter eggs for us and then we would look for them um but yeah, my Easter was nice. It was I was enjoying the sun. That was really nice. It really felt like summer. And we have a little like roof bit that's like um the surface is black, so the sun really when the sun hits it, it's like really hot. Um so that was nice. We made some nice vegan food with my housemate. We made like a vegan lentil meatloaf, which was very nice. Nice. Would recommend. I'm gonna do it again. And then I made uh uh, vegan potato salad. So, nice, nice. Yeah, it was great. I, I was going to say, don't worry about not doing anything Christian because I feel like my mum, my mum has covered the whole, the whole race, the whole human race. She's done enough Christians. She did enough Christian stuff over Easter to cover the whole human race. She, um, she basically watched, listened, streamed three different church services on Easter Sunday. She woke up, listened to a service on the radio. Then got on the laptop, streamed a service, <laughs> and then went downstairs and watched songs of praise. And watched her third service, so she yeah uh, yeah she did a hat trick of services. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Honestly, yeah, and like I'm not like I'm not religious or Christian in any kind of way, anyways. So it's not a thing. Um, but one thing that we did also with my housemates and a couple of our friends, we did like a quiz. And my round, uh, we, I had five questions in my round, and I was just going to talk about it, but you said, Chris, that am I going to ask you the questions? So now I'm going to ask you the questions. Bring it on. It's um, The topic is supernatural. Oh, for fuck's sake. You can interpret that in any kind of way that you like. 
first question. How do you kill a vampire? Um, two it's options, a... Will, uh, two, two versions. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll walk through the process. <laughs> so, first of all, you need a cross to weaken it, or some garlic, um, and then you need to put hammer a wooden stake into its heart. Or can you kill a vampire with a silver bullet? Um, I think so. I think according to the folklore, it's the stake. But then yeah. um, in the greatest TV show of all time, Supernatural, um, in Supernatural, they kill... Holy vampires. water! Sorry? Holy water. Throw mm. holy water at a vampire. It doesn't kill it, no. In Supernatural, they um, behead the vampires. Interesting. So, so do I get do I get one point for that? You do get one point, yeah. Um, I I think a silver bullet should count. I think this, that's this bullshit. That's werewolves. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Um. Second question is, what does the word Lucifer mean? And bonus point is if you know what kind of creature Lucifer is. Um, Lucifer is another name for the devil, right? Is that your answer to the, for what does the word Lucifer mean? Yes. Because I don't know, you've correct. got me doubting myself now. Sorry? You've got me doubting myself now. Well, that's not correct. <laughs> <laughs> what, what does Lucifer mean? Lucifer means the light bringer. Do you know, okay. the, do you know the answer to the bonus question? What is Lucifer? Um, I mean, Lucifer, if Lucifer is, following my logic, Lucifer's the devil, he's a fallen angel, and I suppose when he comes to Earth, he comes as a goat, right? Or like a horned being? Probably, but you were right there that Lucifer is an angel, because often people think that he's the demon, but he's not, he's an angel, because he's the angel who fell. Um, nice, nice, so I get one point for that. Yeah, one point. Um... Third question is um, shout out to our fellow officer Ijlal for this question because I didn't want to have just Christian religious questions in this round. So this question is, what are the spirits in the Islam religion called? Um, I <laughs> can I get a clue? <laughs> I mean, there's a word in the English language that I think means the same thing. But it's just been like kind of popularized to this word. That word starts with a G. Ghosts. No. <laughs> it's the jinn, but the other word is like genie, which I think is like uh, a similar okay. thing. But um did, did anyone get that? Uh Callum did, because Callum had spoken to Ishal about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason. Um but they are like according to um what I remember Ishal telling me is that like they're not like necessarily bad or like evil, but like some jinn are like also good. Okay. Um, Nina, can I just raise a point? I've just Googled Lucifer, and according to the dictionary, it is another name for Satan. It is another name, but the word Lucifer means light bringer. <laughs> Alright, give me one second. Stop fact checking my quiz question. <laughs> you are such a man. Okay. Alright, let's continue. Yeah, thank you. Um, fourth question is relating to my mother country, Finland. 
how many Finnish people say that they believe in angels? Although otherwise we call ourselves custom Christians. I have um, multiple choice for this. A is 80%, eight, zero. B is 40%, four, zero. C is 60%, six, zero. 80%. Wrong. It is 40%. And 60% among um, people who are in leader positions. Okay. Interesting. interesting. Very um, interesting. Fifth and final question. How does one become a werewolf? I have two answers again that I will accept. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, is one like you get bitten by a werewolf? That's always how it happens, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And the other one, um, you your parent, one of your parents had sex with a wolf. Ew. And you're, well, you were the baby of that love. That's so <laughs> weird. No, the other one is being placed under a curse. I see, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't remember how many points you got, but it wasn't that many, so. Wow, wow. <laughs> very, very kind and supportive there. Yeah, well, you did. Fine Despite your flawed questions around Satan. I mean, that was, not, again, that was not a flawed question. <laughs> No, those are good questions. I enjoyed that. Thank you. I that did also um, spoke to you about Supernatural for ages when we went on our shopping trip a few weeks ago. So I would have expected you to remember something. <laughs> yeah, when you start talking about like Supernatural and star signs and <laughs> rising moons and stuff, I just it all becomes one big mess in my head. It's it's fun to listen to, but it's hard to it's it's hard because I don't believe in it. It's hard to kind of remember it all. I think I'm I'm very like the arrogance in my brain is like, oh, this isn't real, mm -hmm. and like people don't take it that seriously. So I'm just like, yeah. oh, that's cool to hear, but I'm not remembering it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much I believe in like Lucifer, but like, you know. He can he can exist um, and you know. That's true. That's true. Lucifer is it's a part of humans that mm -hmm. we need to accept the yeah. bad side of us. Yeah, exactly. Um, Chris, to move on, did you want to talk about your positive things? Positive things. Um, I have planted some <laughs> seeds in some pots, which are currently on my windowsill, getting a nice tan. Given the little like cover, little plastic cover too. I've got in two of the pots. I've planted some radish seeds, mm -hmm. and in the other two, I've planted some lettuce seeds. So yeah, very excited to see what happens with those. Um, fingers crossed, I will have a good crop. Um, also been doing some cooking. Did some cauliflower tacos the other day, which were really nice. And um, cooked the like uh, cauliflower in some beer, and then put like spices like cumin. Paprika, um, some chipotle chili flakes, and like other bits and bobs, and then roast them in the oven. That was really nice. Um, Very and nice. just kind of doing, keeping myself busy, cleaning the cleaning the house, um, going for runs and stuff. So that's yeah, Very positive nice. news. What about you, Nina? What's positive in your life? Very nice. I think mostly, I would say as well, the the sun has really been nice. So I've been um, going on my walks. 
And actually, uh, you will like this, I went on a really good run over the weekend and then again this morning because I've like struggled with, I used to run quite a lot like a few years ago and then I've struggled with like getting back into it. But um, yeah, I was running for ages in the seafront um, over the weekend and then yeah, this morning as well. So I think that's been really nice. And then yeah, I've been doing like, obviously if it would be the normal situation, I would go to the gym almost every day and weightlift, but um, obviously can't do that now. But I've been, um, yeah, doing some kind of work workouts like just in the house uh, with some like resistance bands and like I put like some books um, in this like bag and then I keep like lifting that, <laughs> which is like <laughs> annoying and it's kind of like hard to grab, so I feel like my hands hurt. Um, but yeah, it's still yeah. I feel like it's easier easier to kind of like keep into my routine if I like work out the same time as I usually would um and then also I have um because I am a postgrad student so I started working on my dissertation again which is due in September um so that's something really nice that I feel like it's like just kind of gets my mind out of like the situation and like work and stuff um and it's just like something that like that's like my thing and something that I care about and it's like kind of what I'm passionate about and yeah my my master's is in gender studies and my dissertation is around um women's weightlifting and social media influence on that um so yeah I think that's really nice like I facetimed my supervisor who's great um shout out to Ben Finchen from the sociology department um big shout out to Ben yeah exactly he's great um so yeah, that's that's been really exciting and I feel like yeah, I kind of feel like it's been yeah, it's just a different kind of thinking that you do um compared to when you're like when we're working, which I feel yeah, like is yeah. nice. And we had we had an interesting conversation yesterday about how also the current context COVID context has affected the kind of research you're doing and how mm -hmm. that's made your project quite unique, right? Yeah, exactly. Ah! Like, that's what um, my supervisor got really excited about. He was, because I was kind of like, well, I can still do my interviews. Like, I'll just do them over FaceTime. Like, that's fine. Um, and he was like, and then I was kind of like, should I like talk about that? And like, how, like, it's still different doing the, the, the research now. Like, should I talk about that? Like in my methodology? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to talk about it because like, we've like not been through this kind of situation like ever. So you have to talk about like how was, doing the research but then also because obviously um now no one could go to the gym and most people probably can't weightlift the same way as they would at a gym um so then that brings like an like a different aspect to my topic and he yeah he got really excited and he was like and that means that your research is really unique and I was like yeah um yeah so I think yeah that will be interesting uh, yeah it's it's silver linings isn't it oh yeah 100 percent. and i do feel like it is like an interesting like aspect to think of kind of how many things that we kind of are used to and take for granted like gym um that when that kind of goes away how much kind of how like people adapt to the new situation and how much that can like change our habits and yeah and i've already interviewed like a few people um 
and they've all kind of said that like I really miss the gym um but that maybe with the different stuff that they're like doing now in their workouts probably will have some kind of impact even when the gym's open um so yeah it will be interesting to see kind of how that all like plays out yeah yeah I was thinking as well it's in terms of my my field of interest in terms of like Palestinian history it's going to be really the coronavirus period is going to be an interesting kind of um um kind of examination into kind of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and the kind of relationships between the two states um, in terms of, because there's already stuff coming out about how Israel are using, um, using the lockdown as a means to exert more kind of oppression onto the Palestinian populace. Um, a few months ago, there were stories of when coronavirus started, they were using it as an excuse to do more raids, um, especially in Ramallah. Um, they were told there was this story that came out about a guy, a young man, I think he was 15 or so, shot in the head by Israeli, by the IDF um, during lockdown. Um, and also there's other stories coming out about how in the like Israeli detention centres where they're holding Palestinians, there's no like social distancing, there's no, um, there's no, not real medical care for um, Palestinians. And then there's also the other stories about Palestinians who commute to work in Israel and go have to go through the checkpoints, things of the Kalandia um, checkpoint, and how they're having they no longer can get there, etc., etc. So I think not so much kind of in a very negative way. This period is going to be interesting in terms of examining that history and how that was used. I think that will be the outcome. How it is used as a means to control control the Palestinian populace even more, and uh, there will be lots of work done around it. Um, so yeah, I think it's 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 strange, isn't it? Because after this period, there's going to be so much more academic research to be done, but there's going to be so probably so few fewer resources to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel like, and with that situation, for example, it's also kind of interesting. I think it was today in the news, or maybe yesterday, about um, China again. That like are the numbers that they they're giving about. Um, people who have died due to the virus are they true or not and I feel like that's interesting in the Israel-Palestine situation as well that like what information actually like kind of comes out and then what what actually is happening might might differ like might be like a different situation like what do we actually kind of can know for sure um and then obviously yeah I think we talked about it before in the podcast as well the kind of like fake news and misinformation that then it's also kind of yeah it's it's so it's honestly so hard to kind of like like I feel like it's it this is kind of like what's the word emphasizing that like how hard it is actually to like know anything for sure or kind of know and be like certain that like this is this is what happened or um yeah 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 it's yeah it's a very it's a tricky time to kind of work out what what the truth of everything is and mm-hmm. especially the stuff like now coming out um the news coming out and the reports coming out about how coronavirus is like affecting um BAME communities a lot worse and then there's all this kind of misinformation and then people use that as kind of like a i've heard already people using that as a kind of vehicle to being increasingly racist like oh it's you can see blah blah, blah making these connections between BAME communities and like dying from it and it's yeah it's it's just the need for 
people to be educated around this stuff is even greater than, than normal because um, yeah it can be really damaging mm-hmm. going back to academia though we were talking yesterday and we we're talking about kind of ivory towers and stuff and how from... this segment is called a hot topic from the education officer <laughs> uh, yeah it's tepid i'll call it a tepid topic <laughs> let's not get anyone's hopes up here <laughs> um, no i was uh, me and nina were just talking yesterday and how it's interesting from working in this job being mm-hmm. like um corresponding a lot and working with not only like university execs and university middle management but also um academics and how like we're talking both i think i know what i want to go into doing research and i think nina you're you've thought about it or like want to kind of explore that route etc um and just like some of the relationships i've had with academics there is almost this sense of like superiority that can come through and obviously that is I need to nuance that massively like a lot of academics have been kind of some of the kindest people I've ever met but then you do have some academics who just have this like kind of ivory tower mm-hmm. and I was saying oh, 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 on this ivory tower um, and I was saying how it's weird because I think there's this weird issue with education where it's we expect academics we expect teachers to be the people that know everything mm-hmm. but they Whilst they should know some stuff, they should also. I think the important role of of teachers in society should be to tell people that they you can always learn more, mm-hmm. and should be leading by example and being like, mm-hmm. "Look, I don't know everything, and I'm trying to learn more. I I have my specialist subject that I know maybe 50, 70 percent of it. Like I know it really well, but like I can always be learning more. And academics, in my opinion, whilst they should be delivering teaching, they should also be like. More than that, they should be saying, well, look, like, I don't know stuff, mm-hmm. you don't know stuff, let's keep learning, let's keep inquiring. And what can often happen in universities, because you have these academics in their ivory towers, they think, some can think they know everything, mm-hmm. and that is the opposite of what academia should be. These are the people that should be constantly inquiring and constantly finding out new stuff. Um, yeah, and it was, yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. something, it's a kind of gripe I have, and I think I was saying if I ever do get, end up getting it, I... I would really hate it if I ever fell into that trap of thinking I knew everything. Um, exactly. And I feel like, like, it's kind of like a weird, like, contradictory between that, like, academia is, like, supposed to be, or kind of, you're supposed to, like, research, like, social issues, for example, and, like, find out about more, and then for that information to be used in some kind of way to kind of make things better. But then if we get to the point that and and I feel like that's what happens that like if, if like these people or like any people kind of like feel like there's only this one way or like there's only this kind of one one way to go about it then that leads to that kind of like nothing to be questioned and nothing to be kind of like um criticized in a way and I feel like I feel like there's like a weird kind of not weird it, it makes complete sense but like a connection between that I feel like like you said that the kind of teacher is supposed to be we kind of hold them to this like authority that they are they are the person who know everything and they are the person like with the answers that then I feel like to them to the teachers it can easily become this well I'm supposed to know everything I can't like show that I don't know everything or like I can't show that 
yeah, there's some stuff that I'm not sure about or I don't know or I have to like find out more because you're held to this kind of like figure of authority in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I think part of it like this I think the way I learn history or at least the bits I took away from it and the most important bits lessons I took was that like there is whenever there is a dominant story in history, whenever there's like this kind of progression in history of this happened, then there was this war, then there was this treaty, etc. There's almost always contradictory evidence to that's how it's happened or that's how it occurred or that's how people interpreted it. So to kind of go down that route of this kind of world of truth and there being one kind of higher truth mm-hmm. is really contradictory to what I've learned. And I think, yeah, I think what we need to understand is that because our experiences are also subjective and like every single person has their own experience of the world and of history and what they've lived through is that to go down that route to i know you need to have some kind of structure so people can understand periods but you need to be like you need to take that position of i don't know anything because then i can learn Mm-hmm. all of this different stuff mm-hmm. I can I can take on more instead of like I know this I reject that etc mm-hmm. etc because history is just a bunch of experiences mm-hmm. together yeah exactly. but anyway that's that's the tepid take yeah <laughs> and I feel like um yeah what I was kind of trying to get to before but I forgot my um my logic my root of um getting to this thought it was that um that there's like a, I was listening to a podcast that was in Finnish, so now I'm struggling with, um, with thinking about it in English. But um, they were talking about the kind of connection between knowledge and kind of um, like being civilized, and I feel like that the kind of like and, and and like connection between like knowledge and power, and I feel like that's that's I feel like that easily gets like forgotten that like in this kind of like academic environment for example when you do research like social issues for example and you get to know about it so much that then it easily happens that then you kind of not by your own fault necessarily become like this well I know better and like this kind of like saviorism saviorism kind of complex out of well well I know how to help these people who just don't know about themselves or like how to help themselves and I feel like that's that that's what easily leads to that kind of like elite of like academia and like the university kind of environment um and obviously there's like the especially like in the UK context for example like who can actually go to university and like all of those class and uh, social and racial and all of those aspects um but yeah that was a hot topic from yeah and I, I do agree I, I I think also like there are term, there are certain types of learning slash teaching slash research that buy into that whole kind of logic mm-hmm. and I think what I learned from doing my degree doing history and politics mm-hmm. is that politics the the structures in learning politics at Sussex were very much more so of that mm-hmm. like what you're saying mm-hmm. of um there is a right way and there is a, because yeah. it was a it's political science and by making things that kind of formulate having mm-hmm. doing things through a formulaic approach and being like here are rules and systems for the world it creates that truth element and that creates that elitism it's like because i understand how the world works through my um through my system mm-hmm. through my rules i can I can I have this elitism because I get it, whereas mm-hmm. you haven't done this research, so you can't. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like what I took away from my history part of my degree was like mm-hmm. 
everything, all those like discourses about this is how World War Two happened, for example. We never we never studied World War Two, but for example, the Nazis bad guys, the mm. Allies good guys, like mm. forget about the rest. Like yeah. to to an extent that's true, but then like you're ignoring the individual stories, you're ignoring that Britain was a colonial state for however long. Um America dropped the 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 bombs on uh, Japan and kind of destroyed, do you know what I mean? And like, you forget the nuance and that is what history I, I kind of learned is like, forget about the rules, forget about like any of this stuff, just kind of take it, take the individual stories, learn from it, do that stuff. And then when you do that, you realize how much knowledge there is out there. And as opposed to politics where it's like making it easy because you have those rules, which I get. History does the opposite. It's like, just forget that. Like there's so much knowledge out there. Just keep on learning, keep on taking stuff away. You're never going to know it all, but be open to learning more every day. And yeah, I just think that's a better, for me, myself, that's a better approach. But Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I agree. And I think, yeah, I feel like, yeah, it will, it will be good to kind of keep that kind of approach and like, yeah, be aware of those traps that we talked about um, whenever kind of going further. Yeah, exactly. Um, Nina, tell, tell me about your dreams. I can tell you about my dreams. I feel like, yeah, this is another podcast that I saw that was a Finnish one where they were talking about um, kind of sleeping and how this virus situation has, like, affected sleeping and dreams. And I, I've definitely felt that. And I feel like I've, like, I've slept, like, okay. But I feel like I'm not getting rest. And I feel like the big part of it is that I keep seeing the, the weirdest dreams um and I feel like yeah I feel like it's like the way the kind of like stressfulness of the situation or the anxiety of the situation is like manifesting in me is like in these weird dreams and in like my sleeping actually I can start with a dream that I um I had last night that was a so I'm from a very small town in in countryside Finland right so there's a there's one pizza place in my um uh, in my hometown and Papa John's. No, it's it's not Papa John's, no. <laughs> there's no Papa John's in Finland. Um but yeah, they have this like it's this family who has this like pizza place and for some reason they, they had like two different kind of like places in my hometown at one point, but now they only have the one and like in my dream I was in the one that they don't have anymore and it was huge it was like a lot bigger than it is in real life and then I was trying to figure out like what to eat because nothing's vegan and then but then I like ordered this like lasagna that was supposed to be vegan and then my mom I was with my mom and she like got her food and I was waiting for my food um and then I went to ask them like where's my food like we all like like we also like ordered the lasagna and then the guy was like and this isn't a guy that, like, actually works there or, like, is part of the family. Like, this was just a random guy. But he, like, super passive-aggressively, like, made me this, like, lasagna dish that was, like, tiny. And then I got I got so mad at him <laughs> in the dream that, like, I was, like, like, shouting at him and being, like, like, this isn't, like, what I ordered, blah, blah, blah. And then... The mom of the family who works in that place, like, in, in real life, she came and I was like, oh, I want my money back and everything. But she, like, gave me this, like, voucher to, like, that I can, like, buy something 
with like later and I got really mad at her as well and I, like just in the dream I was just shouting being really mean and being like I need my fucking money back and everything and you know when sometimes you like feel something in a dream and then you wake up and you kind of like feel like that in real life um so that wasn't fun I felt really bad after the dream <laughs> so so basically your dream you became an angry vegan yeah yeah I think I think that's it um do you think do you think that's a reflection of the fact that the world does not respect or cater to vegans and that was like your internalized anger coming out and being like look I'm here I exist and I need more mm. more options as a vegan yeah I think it might be and I think especially there's the aspect that like obviously no one else in my family is vegan or like even understands what like veganism is so a lot of the time it is like that I like my mom like if I travel with her for example and like she'll have something that has cheese on it and she's like oh can you finish this and I'm like no and she's like but it's just cheese and I'm like yeah I haven't had cheese in like two and a half years um so yeah I think there's that kind of aspect um and I feel like yeah maybe we we came back to work yesterday after the week break and I felt so exhausted and I feel like yeah it was kind of coming out that like I'm also like like obviously like angry about the situation or kind of like it's like annoying me um but yeah I think there might be an aspect of being annoyed with the world around veganism that's that's understandable though I feel like yeah. vegans are the brunt of a lot of jokes against. a lot so yeah um, um what what about your dreams Chris so I've got a couple. Mm -hmm. I've, I've also been having weird dreams because what my sleep pattern basically is generally um, go to sleep for how many hours, wake up either in the middle of the night or about like eight o'clock and then go back to sleep for a little bit. Um, so it's always like the second part of my sleep that I have a weird dreams mm -hmm. that I remember. Um, and I have them quite frequently. Um, I had this one a few nights ago. So I was in a pub. I was in a pub in my hometown of Maidenhead with lots of my friends. Went up to the bar to get a drink. Um, even though it was in Maidenhead, they did Harvey's Ale. And I, I was like, can I get a pint of Harvey's Ale? And the person was like, um, sorry, it's run out. And I was like, okay, can I just get a Guinness then? And, uh, and he was like, yeah, sure. Poured it. And then I took it. I took it away back to my table. And it turned out it was a pint of orange juice. And I was like, what the fuck? So I went back up to the bar. And I was like, look, to the manager, I was like, look, um, I asked for a Guinness, but I got a pint of orange juice. And the manager was a guy who works, who, are like, uh, he's got a very memorable face, um, who used to work at the Druids. I don't know if he does anymore. Looks like Bear Grylls. Um, and he's like, oh, who, who did this? And I pointed to the person, and he was, like, no longer behind the bar, but in, like, the crowd. And there was a big dance pit, like, dance, whatever, dance station. Um, and he was dancing, and the manager was like, oh. And then poured me a Guinness. And then I drank that, went outside, and all my friends were like on the corner of like the, the town in Maidenhead. And there was this like big like roast pig. But instead of being made of pig, it was made of crows. And everyone was eating it. And I was like, oh my god, that's disgusting. He's like, mate, just have some pig. I was like, that's crows. Um, so yeah, that was an interesting one. I then had another interesting one where I was in New York. Can I have, can I um, make some comments about your first dream at this point? Of course, yeah, please? of course you can, Nia. Um, I had some thoughts about, is this about um, you missing going to the pub and drinking 
Uh, because I remember I had a conversation with you as well that you were kind of like, oh, I don't really want to like drink by myself and like not, not drinking alcohol. I also think there's an aspect of um, you may be missing because you used to work um, behind the bars for so long in the students' union. So I feel like maybe there's an aspect of that as well. And maybe, like I've learned recently, um, all of the characters in our dreams represent parts of ourselves. And I feel like that barman that you went to and then the, the person who poured you a drink was just like dancing there. I think that was you when you were a duty manager and some like a staff member did something wrong and you got frustrated. Um, then also with the roast pig, are you missing meats? Because you haven't had meat for a bit. Thoughts. I, I like the thorough notes. Yeah. I'm impressed. Um, I think the pig is maybe because I was going to get out to uh, to Greece and they have like uh, roast lamb as like a big thing. But then maybe like the crow, them eating crow is like um, maybe like guiltiness that mm -hmm. I want to eat meat. Mm -hmm. um, I think so. <laughs> the bar thing, yeah, I like that. I'm definitely, definitely missing the pub and I've stopped drinking this month. I'm having a dry month. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's very true. I miss... I didn't think about it in terms of working behind the bar, but I guess that's part of it. The whole kind of pub culture, having a drink at a family bar after work, obviously, East Slope being gone for a while now. Um, so, yeah, I think I think you're, you're spot on there. I think you've done well. Yeah. Should I go on to my next dream? Yeah, go to my next dream. So, I, I was in New York, in, like, um, Williamsburg, that kind of part of New York, mm -hmm. Hipster, Hipsterville, mm -hmm. and I was living there for a bit. Um, I think partly my, that came up in my dream because I've always wanted to live in New York for a bit. So I was living there. I come down from my apartment, and there's all these people like racing around. So I jump on this motorbike, except it's not a motorbike. It's like it's it's it is a motorbike, but it's like standing. If that mm -hmm. makes sense, instead of like the two wheels on the ground, it's like a tall motorbike. And I start like zooming around the town, around the village, like going really, really fast, like weaving in a traffic. Next thing I know, I've become Vin Diesel, um, and I'm just racing around everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, when, when you first um, told me that dream, I thought it was um, very interesting. So I do think that there's definitely the aspect, like you said, when you were saying um, um, about New York, and I was like, oh, I wrote down, did you want to live there at some point? And then you said that. Um, so that's probably it. And I feel like there's probably also like, you can't just go there now if you would want to. Like, we can't travel. And I feel like there's also like that kind of aspect. I wrote down about the motorbike and becoming Vin Diesel. That is there a aspect of um, masculinity here, or some kind of um, what's the um, longing for a very hyper masculinity with motorbikes and looking like Vin Diesel? That that could be true. Um, Do you I, Vin Diesel? My interpretation was I've been cooped up inside for so long, like. In my dreams, I was doing something really intense and dangerous, which I suppose is also like linked with that kind of masculinity mm -hmm. aspect. And um, that I was doing something dangerous and intense because, like, I wanted to get out and be free mm -hmm. and do something exciting, as opposed to be stuck inside for so long. But yeah, I can see the masculinity mm -hmm. aspect there too. Do you like um, Vin Diesel? Say again. Do you like Vin Diesel? I mean, I like Vin Diesel as much as the next person. Mm. I, I'm not, like, a super fan. He's, he's an interesting guy. His Facebook's very interesting. 
post some weird stuff on there. Facebook? Yeah, he, he posts, like, videos of him, like, singing, oh. like, weird memes, like, really, like, lo-fi memes and stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. That's weird. Um, <laughs> I have a couple of more dreams, if you would like to hear. Um, so I had, I've had, uh, I usually don't have nightmares. Like, I have nightmares really kind of rarely, but then last week or maybe two weeks ago i had like multiple ones and one of them i was like in my old secondary school so those buildings don't even exist anymore because when when i was in secondary school um they like knocked down the old one and then uh built a new one um but i was kind of like it was the night time and we were kind of like between those buildings and I think I was, like, going somewhere to drink with my friends because, like, I feel like some people had alcohol because we were obviously underage because we were in secondary school. They were, like, hiding them, which we used to do when, like, in real life. And then suddenly it was, like, a bit crowd and, like, it was two groups and we were supposed to learn this, like, dance routine. So the first group that had at least two of my, like, real-life friends... Um, they, they were, like, in that group, and then they, like, learned this dance routine, and then they did it, and then one of my friends, like, came up to me and was, like, oh, you do it now, uh, like, with your group, and then I remember I got really frustrated that I was, like, well, no one, like, is, like, teaching us, like, how are we, like, supposed to know what to do, um, and then, yeah, for some, I, I, like, got really annoyed, and then suddenly <laughs> there's, like, a, some kind of weird, uh, like, a big, big guy like a big character who's just like there and it's like it's suddenly like i'm gonna kill you all and then, and then we started like running this like little forest bit that that like used to be there um next to my school um but yeah it's just that kind of feeling when you like wake up from a nightmare and you're scared and i was so scared when i woke up and i was like fuck me <laughs> like it's so weird so i've got a few things there mm-hmm. first of all um the whole school and being around your school friends again. I've got two things. Maybe one is potentially nostalgia, the obvious choice. But then also the second one is fear. And I think this is coming along to a lot of people, like mm-hmm. not like moving on from school, like moving on from school, but not like still being stuck there and having the insecurity of school. Mm-hmm. So like you're, even though you're an adult now, you have this job, you're living in a different country. It's like, the moment you're chucked back into that setting with the school friends mm-hmm. is like this insecurity that you can't impress people or like you can't mm-hmm. do certain things yeah. and you feel like a child again. Mm-hmm. Is, is that? Yeah, I think, <coughs> I think, yeah, I think that, and I feel like, yeah, I think, yeah, and I think, and like, yeah, I feel like there's like, yeah, that kind of aspect that like, in, in like, in like real life as well and kind of like in different, times where you kind of feel like you're like forced to that to be like the child again or to be kind of like that um yeah i think that makes sense um, and, and the, yeah. the big the big person mm-hmm. to me that sounds like um not only fear of the unknown but fear of like bad things happening that you don't have control over because obviously this this thing or this person was so large and powerful that you couldn't ever do anything etc and that mm-hmm. sounds like to me it's like when things happen that you don't have control over, it stresses you out or, like, things go wrong and you're worried about, like, things you can't control. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
and I feel like uh, that's the thing that like I definitely struggle and I feel like people that I've spoken to like struggle with like this virus situation as well that like we can't actually control anything or like obviously we can be like be careful and like you know um stay home and that kind of stuff but like actually and like no one fucking knows like what's gonna happen um so I feel like that's important as well um then I had this was only this week and this was clearly because I started watching what was it called it was a film on Netflix it was called I think Awake it was um Jonathan Reese Myers was in it um and he was playing this like character that like got into this like car accident and then he like lost his memory but he was being suspected of like being the serial killer um so I had a dream that I was in an apartment building where my grandma used to live and I think I I was like the detective like investigating the murders and then but then it was like a it was like a ruse that we were doing I think to get the killer that like we either I think we had like a some kind of party or some kind of gathering in that apartment building that I lived in but it was someone else's apartment so we it was like a, something was going on and then I in the dream I went down like downstairs to like my apartment to get something and the way that the serial killer like um in my dream it was that like he killed this woman like in their apartments and he would like leave this like cart in like the, the, the outside like the door um so I went down in the dream to my apartment to get something and like it had that card like in my door and then I woke up because I can't because something was gonna happen to me and then I always wake up from nightmares before anything happens to me okay that's that's an interesting one I the, the first thought I had was you being a detective and there being a crime is that you're trying to make sense in a world mm-hmm. of chaos mm-hmm. um, trying to resolve things that potentially are unresolvable or difficult to resolve um the link to your grandma as well maybe there's a sense of comfort or like um what wiseness about your grandma that like is linked to detective work and stuff like that and being kind of and she is someone who makes sense in a world of chaos to you maybe yeah and i think it was it was just a weird kind of like weird like environment because she doesn't even live in that apartment building anymore but then suddenly I was there and it's like in my hometown that like there's nothing there um but yeah maybe also the serial killer mm-hmm. is actually a metaphor for though those times being done like mm-hmm. that time has passed mm-hmm. and it's quote unquote mm-hmm. dead it's in the past mm-hmm. yeah and yeah so like that's the link <laughs> there maybe yeah that's interesting then I also had a dream that you were in and I think it was because of we were going to talk about dreams in the podcast so in this dream um it was it was after the whole covid times and we were in the common room in Farmer House and it was super busy um lots of students around and you and me were working like next to like big windows and then Paris who's the new well-being officer for next year like came by and we were like talking about handover and like whatever and then 
he was like, oh, okay, bye, I'll see you at five. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then he left. And then I was like, I was, suddenly I got like really confused. And I was like, wait, Chris, did he say that he's going to come to our office? Or like, where am I going to see him? And you were like, yeah, 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 he's going to come. Don't worry about it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then he ended. Okay, that's that's quite a boring dream. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, nothing happened. <laughs> I suppose, I guess, all I could say there was that maybe you miss work. Yeah, or then I feel like, because we're, we're, we're like, planning, like, when handover is going to be and everything, I feel like yeah. we're, like, getting to that time. But then also, it was really nice. I remember, like, when the dream started, it was so nice that, like, it was sunny and, like, the common room was, like, full of people and, like, you know what I mean? It was, like, a nice, yeah. normal time, I guess. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, should we, should we... Call it, call it a day there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think we've got some... Uh-huh. We both need to see a therapist about our dreams because oh, no, um, no. we're both messed up. Um, but, yeah, it was it was good to share those dreams. Yeah, um, An interesting, very interesting. Yeah, um, we shall see cool. what um, next week brings about yeah. uh, what yeah. topics or dreams. Sorry. Yeah, we'll see. All right, okay. see you later. Thanks, Nina. Chris. See you soon. Bye.